Let's go to work. As barbers, we cut hair and fade all day. This podcast goes beyond the barber's chair and is about the rest of our story. Positioning ourselves for success, avoiding costly mistakes, and continuing to grow and thrive as barbers for years to come. Join us as we look at the whole world of barbering and go beyond the barber's chair. So in my day-to-day or when I'm at different functions or whatever, I'm speaking to people about this podcast. And one of the questions I get asked often is, what's up with that eight ball? Why is there an eight ball on top of the barber pole? What it is is an adaptation of a teaching tool that I use. Uh, some of you know that uh, I'm looking at opening a school in the next couple of years or so and that I've been studying for my instructor's license. Part of my classwork is to actually teach classes. And I teach using tools. Uh, I guess mental hacks is probably the best way I know how to put it. Mnemonics, uh, word pictures. I call them mental hacks because it's just so much easier to remember. And one of the things that I do is I like to use the mental hacks so that I can show people how to remember things more easily. I'll give you an example. This is, uh, well, I'll, I'll just kind of tell you the same way I tell my students. So if you look at an orchestra on a stage, in the back, there are four really large drums. They're called kettle drums. The official word for them is timpani. Now, the, the standard set has four of them. Each of them has a perfect fifth octave range. The ranges are D to A, B flat to F, F to C, and then D to A on the next octave. Now, I learned this decades ago when I was playing saxophone in the Navy bands. Part of what we had to do for advancement exams was we had to study for a study for an exam they gave they gave these tests out every six months or so. And these tests were very difficult. They were, in my opinion, a lot more difficult than they needed to be. But again, we're talking about government work and government standards. So what they would do is the they have to make it standardized for everybody, which means they would test to see how good a musician you were with a multiple choice test. And then since musicians are kind of brainy by nature, we would all study really hard and we have a whole lot of people pass these tests and very few people would fail. And so the people up in DC would look at that and say, hey, uh, you don't have enough people failing this test, so it's too easy and make it need to make it harder. So they'd make it harder, everyone would study harder and we get the same results and the vicious cycle would continue to the point where now, or actually when I was in the Navy, these exams, when people left, now people had three hours to take these exams. And at the end of the three hours, the people, the only people who were left there were your cryptologists, the guys who deal with secret codes and stuff, your nuclear guys, and your musicians. That's how insane this test got. So uh, learning these mental hacks to learn all these things we need to know for the test became second nature for me. So I was taught by one of my friends when I was stationed in Japan. His name is John Sorensen. Uh, man, one of the greatest guys you ever want to meet. I think he lives in Wisconsin now. It's been a, been a long time since, I, since I've seen him. But I'm sitting here going through here, and he hears me going through it. And he looks at me and says, hey, you want to learn this real quick? Here's how. Those big, flat f***ing drums. I had to think about that, too. Those big, flat f***ing drums. Made no sense in my head whatsoever. And then he broke it down for me. He says, take the first letters, does, D, big flat, B flat, f***ing, 
F, drums, D. D, B flat, F, D. That was the acronym that I learned. And I knew the perfect fifth. So here I am, decades later, and I can still tell you from that little silly sentence, I can still tell you the ranges of the four timpanic drums, or the four timpani in an orchestra, years later. So I put together life hacks like this for a lot of the things which I use for teaching. And as I teach, I come up, I try to come up with, with mental word pictures or whatever, and I encourage the students to do the same. The eight ball reference is, uh, it goes back to a stick man, which I used to draw, because there are eight bones that make up the cranial part of the skull. There's two temporal, one occipital, uh, there's ethanoid bone, there's frontal, two parietals, and a sphenoid. And those eight bones would create the cranium. I created this picture of a stick man with an eight ball for a head to always remember that. And every single student who comes in, that is the very first lesson I show them because I want them to understand the way I teach, the tools I use. And I want them to understand that I want to give these hacks to them so they can remember these things much more easily. How many bows in the cranium? Oh, eight. And it works. So I incorporated it with the whole look for Beyond the Barber's Chair, incorporating with a barber pole, a graduation hat, uh, the, uh, the scissors and everything. Just something to try to help students understand and remember what these uh, what these scientific facts or whatever else is for the exams. That's the whole point of the eight ball for the head. I hope you found it interesting. That's it for today's episode of Beyond the Barber's Chair. I put links for my guests and for anything we discussed in the description. I hope you got something great and that it helps you as a barber and in life. If you like the podcast, I hope that you will tell a friend about it and subscribe so that you don't miss any upcoming shows. I'll see you next time as we go beyond the barber's chair.